What's a rule that was implemented somewhere that massively backfired? My city has issues with loud bikes and vehicles, so as a deterrent, the city put up decibel meters that displayed how loud your engine is, similar to those signs that read your speed and display it to you. But instead of deterring anyone, people would pull up to those signs and rev the heck out of their engines to see who could get the highest decibel count. The city took the counters down within a week. I work in manufacturing and we get paid piece rate, so the more I run, the more I get paid. We also have a base hourly pay rate of $10 per hour, so whichever pays more, the hourly rate or the piece rate, is what we get paid for the day. On bad days, sometimes they bump us up to $12 an hour for the day, and when we train new people, we get paid $15 an hour to compensate for having to slow down or stop our machines to teach the new people. The big boss, my boss's boss's boss, came in last week. Now, he used to work the line like I do now, but you can tell he's living comfortably in his corporate life and has forgotten some of the bad parts of this job. He told my boss that we are no longer to receive training pay because, by his logic, if we're working with someone, we should be making more than $15 an hour anyway. And these past three weeks or so, we have been doing a lot of training. So a few of us got together at the end of the day and agreed. If they aren't paying us, we won't train people. We will teach the new people enough to make us some money and leave the training to the designated trainers. Two people split between 15 or so new hires, but they make $17.50 an hour. The policy lasted four days. Buddy of mine told me about a happy hour promotion a bar ran close to his campus. Apparently, the special was something stupid like 50-cent beers that lasted until the first person went to the bathroom. As he tells it, the first few weeks went without incident, but once it became more popular, people were going to extreme lengths to not be that guy, including wearing adult diapers. Once people tried to covertly pee in corners and trash cans, the bar cancelled the promotion. At my old job, someone abused lunch so they made a few of them text in when they started and finished lunch. One guy specifically would text the start time, place he got food, his order in detail, the address, price, etc., even when he bought a snack while out. That stopped a week later. Good old malicious compliance, the greatest form of rebellion against an overregulated, lifeless workplace. Worked for a marketing firm that often locked you out of the building if you weren't back in your cubicle by the second your break was up. They revoked your break the next day as punishment. This is not legal here in New York State. They got into a lot of trouble. The organizers of the 1994 Caribbean Tournament Cup had a rather odd change to the rules for extra time. If a game was still drawn at full time, it would go to extra time, but the first goal scored would win. This is perfectly normal, the golden goal rule. What was different is that they ruled that winning this way would count as having won by two goals for the purpose of the tournament qualification, instead of just one. Barbados went into a match against Grenada needing two goals to qualify for the main tournament. If they lost, or won by only one goal, Grenada would qualify instead. Under the regular rule, this would mean that if the match went to extra time, there would basically be no point in Barbados playing because even if they scored, they would only win by one goal and not qualify. But the two-point role would motivate them to play on. Sound good? Well, you might be able to guess what happened. 
The match looked like it was about to end with Barbados 2, Grenada 1. A win for Barbados, but not the two goals they needed. So Barbados deliberately scored an own goal in the last few minutes of the match, making the score 2-2, hoping to trigger extra time and a chance to score the magic two-value goal. The Grenada players quickly realized they could do the same, score an own goal to make the match 3-2 to Barbados, which would have Barbados winning by only one goal so Grenada would qualify. But the Barbados players realized that too, and so they began to defend Grenada's goal. So for the last seven minutes of the match, Grenada were trying to score a goal in either net, since scoring a goal against Barbados would give them 3-2 and they would win the match, and scoring in their own goal would make it 3-2 to Barbados so they would lose the match but win the qualification, and Barbados were defending both. Amazingly, Barbados did actually manage to do so, successfully defending themselves while half of their team were defending Grenada's goal against Grenada, and then scored the golden goal in extra time and qualified. When Domino's said all pizzas would be delivered in 30 minutes or less or your pizza was free, all the delivery drivers kept getting in car accidents to get your pizza to you on time, so it wouldn't come out of their paycheck. It was a short-lived venture. My company has a strict no-alcohol policy. You can't begin work within 10 hours of having had a drink. So when there's a staff shortage and they need me to come in right away, guess who just cracked open a cold one? My work has an infraction system. If you're a minute late, that's half a point. If you're up to four hours late, that's half a point. So if you're going to be a minute late, you might as well be four hours late because it's the same penalty. For those of you who keep pointing out that you would miss four hours of pay, I know. My work is weird and lets you fill in missing time with a PTO at the end of the work week. We also don't get sick days. So you have to take PTO if you are sick, and even then you're likely to get points because you called in less than 24 hours before your shift starts. It's not an issue if you get half a point and don't get another for six months, because the first one will have fallen off by then. English law in Wales set the death penalty for stealing a sheep. Welshmen caught stealing sheep would claim to be making love to them. They would get a lesser penalty for bestiality. The consequence of this is that the Welshmen gained a reputation as sheep shaggers. A famous example from Freakonomics was when a daycare started charging a small fine for parents who picked up their children late. Instead of resulting in more on-time arrivals, the new policy actually caused more late pickups. This is because the parents were originally worried that a late pickup would be a significant burden on the daycare employees. But because the fine was so small, only a few dollars, they decided that it must not be a big inconvenience for the daycare. Alcohol bans at college football games has led to increased intoxication problems because fans are loading up before going in the stadium. Yep, funny how people turning up to a game loaded instead of gradually getting tipsy over two hours might have increased the occurrence of boozed-up altercations. Worked for a warehouse four days a week, 11am through 9.30pm, Monday to Thursday. They reiterated many times during the interview process that overtime was optional. My first day, my supervisor told me that overtime is indeed optional, but if you don't stay for overtime, then everybody else has to stay even later. So if you do leave on time, don't come back. Eh, whatever. I didn't mind the extra hours too much, although a 10.5-hour shift is already long. But the bonus was that we could all go early if all the orders were done. As you can imagine, the good workers busted their butts from start to finish cutting as many corners, good and bad ones, as they could in order to get out early. Normally, this ended up with us being able to leave around 15 minutes early, or on a really good day where the stars aligned, i.e. everyone showing up, we could leave as early as 7.30 or 8.00. 
However, leaving that early only happened once or twice a year at most. Overtime was every week. Every single Monday, we would work until 2 a.m. 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. isn't ideal when you have no idea when you're off. At around 7 p.m., we'd start to get an idea if we're in for another hour or another six. One of the genius new hires mentioned to the boss in the office how he was hoping to get out by six. Oh, good. Apparently, the boss was thinking us leaving early was a common occurrence now and decided that no one was going to be leaving early anymore. Sweep or dust or whatever, but no one leaves until 9.30. All of a sudden, we were late every single day without fail. Why? We were working our butts off to get out early, but failing every day and ending up on time or still late. By taking away our ability to leave early, everyone gave up working hard. Slow down. We got another hour left anyways. I'm not sweeping. Went from about 45 hours a week to 55. 13 hours every day. Nobody ever left early anymore. But nobody left on time either. Losses for everybody involved because the boss didn't realize that us leaving early for two days out of a year actually gave us the daily motivation to work our butts off on the other 360. In conclusion, boss put a stop to leaving early. No incentive to work our butts off anymore means paying overtime every day. I worked at Macy's one Christmas and found out the reason why you can never find anyone at the registers. It's because they don't allow employees to stand at the register, because it's intimidating. I can't tell you how many times I gave up trying to purchase something there because I couldn't find anyone to ring me up. One of the high-rise blocks I have to maintain has a sign saying, anything left here will be removed due to it being a fire risk. People just dump the crap there they don't want, like fridges and sofas, and by law, We have to take it. F. Me, right? To clarify, I have no authority to put up cameras as they are council blocks and I'm a council worker that has zero help from management because, quite frankly, they don't give a crap because they don't have to remove it. Congrats, British taxpayers. You pay me to remove jerks fly-tipping daily. I'm sorry for the crappy human beings on this earth. The British government was concerned about the number of venomous cobra snakes in Delhi. The government therefore offered bounty for every dead cobra. Initially, this was a successful strategy, as large numbers of snakes were killed for the reward. Eventually, however, enterprising people began to breed cobras for the income. When the government became aware of this, the reward program was scrapped, causing the cobra breeders to set the now worthless snakes free. As a result, the wild cobra population further increased. The apparent solution for the problem made the situation even worse. Ah, yes. Bounty systems. Abused at the cost of almost everyone apart from the hunters themselves nearly every time they've been introduced in history. Case in point. In French Indochina, there was a major problem with rodents eating supplies and bringing disease. Given the plentiful supply of cheap unemployed workers, the colonial authorities thought they could be used to kill the rats and bring their numbers down. The French had a somewhat racially prejudiced view of the work ethic of the locals, so decided to pay them per rat killed rather than per hour worked. Each was compensated for every dead rat they handed over. A year or so later, the colonial authorities discovered the peasants had set up rat breeding farms in the jungle. Dry counties were meant to reduce the use of alcohol in certain areas, but they resulted in people who wanted to get drunk driving further away from home to do so, increasing the odds and frequency of drunk driving accidents. Also, many attempts to rescind dry county laws ended up getting countered by campaigns paid for by the bars and liquor stores that set up on the edge of dry counties, typically under the guise of religious messages. 
Yesterday in Kenya, our governor in Nairobi banned public transport from getting to town, so people had to walk long distances to work. And since we don't have enough pavements, people ended up walking on the roads, like 3,000. And there was a traffic jam that lasted for more than five hours. The next day, the ban was removed. Question 1. What was the goal of banning public transport? They thought public transport was the reason behind all the traffic jams and noise pollution, which is wrong. Easiest way to fix things is to inconvenience people with money and power. Washington state made it mandatory for schools to drop their room temperatures to save on electricity. The results? Teachers brought their own heaters into the offices and use of electricity increased. Not a law. My school does this and have made it clear it costs $1,000 a day to heat our buildings. They dropped the temp and it can be 50 degrees Fahrenheit in the morning in my classroom. Everyone has space heaters, which are illegal by the fire code. Admin and maintenance freak out over it, but refuse to turn up the heat as they sit in their separately heated offices at a comfortable temperature. Not sure if it's still the case, as I graduated many years ago. But where I went to college, the hospitals had a thing where if someone came in with alcohol poisoning and they were underage, then they'd also call the cops. So, of course, what happened was when underage kids really should have gone to the hospital, their friends wouldn't call an ambulance because of fear the cops would punish people. Luckily, while I was there, there weren't many deaths due to alcohol poisoning, but there were more than zero. I worked somewhere with a clean desk policy on Friday afternoons. The common way around this was that everyone would just sweep all their paperwork into an envelope, stick it in the internal mail, and then it would arrive back on your desk on Monday morning. At one point in history, the president of Paraguay tried to eliminate racism by making it illegal to marry someone within your own ethnic group. Needless to say, this was quite racist. You have to eat whatever you touch was a rule in my kindergarten which led to all the children touching all the food to call dibs on it. Head teacher at the school I worked at made it a rule that the primary aged kids, 5 through 11, weren't allowed to run when they were out in the playground. That was fun to try and enforce. Let's not allow young children to run on the playground during their recess at school. What could go wrong? Why are the kids getting so fat? Middle school wanted to create a trash-free environment, so they removed the trash cans from the parking lots, halls, and cafeteria. Then just told the kids to toss your trash when you get home or in a classroom. The amount of litter skyrocketed overnight. After a week or so, they brought back the cans. Last summer in Sweden, bus drivers in some counties started wearing shorts due to the heatwave. After being denied to continue doing so by management, they started wearing skirts instead. Dress code policies had banned shorts, but not skirts. Okay, I lived in Sweden during that time and I never saw this. I desperately hope it's true. Gotta love that country. Air pollution became a big problem in the late 80s and early 90s Athens, mostly due to the number of old, heavily polluting cars on the roads. So the Greek government made a law where only cars with odd-numbered final digits on their number plates, 1, 3, 5, and 7, and 9, etc., could be driven on odd-numbered days, 1st, 3rd, 5th, etc., and only even-numbered cars could drive on evenly-numbered days. Sounds great, doesn't it? They'll halve the number of cars on their roads, right? No, they doubled it. Everyone brought one old, highly polluting car that had an odd-numbered plate and another with an even-numbered plate. Nobody could park and the air was worse than before. A hotel I used to work for decided they were having an alcohol-free holiday party. This didn't sit well with the people who'd been working there for years and were accustomed to a full bar at the party. 
The staff parking lot ended up being full of people drinking in their cars, trying to get a good buzz to carry them through the party, and most people ended up getting way drunker than they would have done so. The party was a crap show. My friend had a non-alcohol wedding. Nearly everyone took fairy dust instead, completely opposite of the sober event the parents wanted. The previous school I worked at decided that all shirts needed to have the school name or emblem, which was a fancy letter E, on them to be dress code appropriate. That's all the handbook said. No clarification on how the name or emblem was displayed, or the color, or if it had to be permanently affixed to the clothing. The students hated the policy, and being in high school looked for any loophole possible. They found one due to the lack of clarity of the handbook policy. The kids would make paper E's and pin them to their shirts. Thus, they could wear whatever they wanted and by pinning the E to the shirt were still dress code compliant. I thought it was pretty genius. The administration did not. Explicit adult content being banned on Tumblr. If you look for why LiveJournal failed, you'll read that it was old and obsolete or new platforms were hipper. Nope, it did two things. Number one, made itself harder to use with crappy new features. Number two, it banned adult content. Wait, I thought weird adult content was all Tumblr was good for. If I want wholesome, pointless bullcrap, Pinterest already exists. If they took adult content off Tumblr, there'd only be one blog left called Bring Back the Adult Content. Catholic School This school started out not having a problem with Harry Potter. Library had every available book at the time. Not all were even written yet. Some paranoid parent cried Satanism and witchcraft, so the school banned Harry Potter. Suddenly, Harry Potter books are an underground commodity. The school had a black market trade for new and used Harry Potter books, and things only got worse when expulsion was threatened for being caught with one. A new Harry Potter book was worth its weight in gold. Finally, the school had to go all the way to the bishop about the Harry Potter books, and he said, No, the books don't really teach Satanism. What is all this about a black market book trade? So the school lifted the ban and told the parents to cool it. Uh, Doesn't this happen in one of the Harry Potter books when Umbridge bans the issue of the Quibbler where Harry has told the truth about Voldemort returning? Suddenly everyone had to get their hands on it and read it because it was prohibited. I worked at a contract agency that works with child protective services. CPS policy is to never tell the parents who called CPS on them. But my agency's policy was to always inform the primary caretaker if one of our social workers called it in. Obviously, this irrevocably destroyed our rapport with our clients. Imagine telling a parent you called CPS on them only to knock on their door the next week to listen to their concerns. The agency made an asshat out of us and all potential for case progression was out the door. Stupid rule, if you ask me. A salon I worked at one day decided to drug test the hairstylists. Out of the 12 stylists, 11 failed. The manager texted everybody the next day and told them to come to work. I'm a stylist and I say this to applicants all the time. If they drug tested, there wouldn't be anyone working here. No card games at school. When I was in elementary or middle school, Magic the Gathering and the Pokemon card game were pretty popular. Almost all the guys played and would get together after lunch to play before classes started again. Here is where it's important for me to mention that this was a Christian school. It probably didn't take long for a teacher, administrator, or helicopter parent to wonder what all the fuss was about. Sure enough, one of them probably got a hold of a Magic the Gathering card, saw art depicting a demon, and decided that this had to be the work of Satan to warp our young minds. Almost overnight, all trading card games were banned from school. Any cards would be confiscated until the end of the school year. 
Well, now you have several dozen prepubescent boys with about 30 minutes of free time and nothing to do. So we did boy crap. Ran around, pushed each other, went places we weren't supposed to, just overall got into mischief. All this time, they had a free babysitter that was keeping us all engaged, quiet, civil, all while reinforcing quick math skills and teaching multi-level problem solving. The next year, we got a new administrator and card games were allowed at school again. When I was in school uh, in the era of Pokemon cards, if you'd tried to take ours away, there would have been a full-blown revolt. This school, if anything, got off lightly. When I worked for immigration, some bright spark decided that we weren't going to remove people who had been caught smuggling illicit substances from certain countries. They believed it was too risky to deport people who had failed to complete their jobs back to angry gangs. News traveled quickly, and within a few weeks there was a huge spike in smuggling. People were smuggling over illicit substances and immediately handing themselves over to authorities to guarantee they wouldn't get deported. In addition, dealers found it much easier to convince people to attempt to smuggle illicit substances because it was a win-win for all parties. The whole idea was scrapped pretty quickly. Not exactly a rule, but just last week my job thought it was a good idea to take away our electric cart pusher machine because they felt we didn't need it. The very next day, the place was absolutely packed and we couldn't get carts in fast enough. In an attempt to discourage surfing during work hours in 50s Australia, the government brought into effect a law which stated that any man surfing before 5pm would have to do so in a dress. This prompted more people than would usually be surfing during the daytime to don their wives' dresses and head down to the beach and surf for the couple of weeks the law existed. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.